In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. Our Gospel is so jam-packed with needed context that we'll spend the most amount of time looking at it, but not before we tackle our first two readings. The first reading this weekend introduces us to the prophet Elisha. Earlier in chapter 17 of this first book of Kings, he tells King Ahab, Look, it's not going to rain. And so God tells him to leave from there and go east for a water supply. Eventually, that water supply, the Wadi Cherith, too, runs out. And so God says to Elisha, Arise, go to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I have commanded a widow there to feed you. That's where our story picks up. Elijah goes to Zarephath, which is way north of the land of Israel. But that's important, because many understood gods back then to be territorial, or, in other words, could only assist people within their own region. Yet the Lord God of Israel is demonstrating how even in Sidon, in Phoenician territory, he can work. Are you tired of hearing from the homily to the Hebrew Christians yet? Because we've got yet another weekend where the letter to the Hebrews is our second reading. This time, the homilist makes two contrasts between the high priest of yesteryear and Jesus, the great high priest. One, that Christ entered into heaven itself, while the other high priest entered a sanctuary made by hands, a copy of the true one. Second, that Christ made an offering once for all, and not again and again as the high priest did. But throughout the entire excerpt, there's a sequence that the homilist is describing. The priest's entrance into the sanctuary, and then his return from the sanctuary. You see, on the Day of Atonement, the high priest would of course enter into the Holy of Holies, but everyone else would wait outside, holding their collective breath for the high priest to return. When he had done so, then the people knew that the sacrifice had been accepted. The homilist in our second reading is taking that image but applying it to Jesus. He's saying that Jesus has entered into heaven itself, that he might now appear before God on our behalf. But eventually, just as the high priest would from the sanctuary each year, Jesus will reappear, and as he does, he will bring salvation to those who eagerly await him. Our gospel excerpt this weekend is a relatively famous one. It's when Jesus observes a poor widow put in two small coins and says of her, This poor widow put in more than all the other contributors to the treasury. The common way this scene is interpreted is one of praise for the widow's might as she goes all in, giving everything she had in charity. Yet there's a different way we could understand this scene, and to understand it, we need some further setup. You see, the temple at the time of Jesus had a portion referred to as the treasury. Located in the temple's forecourt contained 13 chests with trumpet-like receptacles. It was kind of like a donation center. Each of these 13 chests were labeled for different purposes, with six of them being for free will offerings. Now, when someone would place money into the chest, because of the receptacle at the top, the offering would clang around on its way down. It'd be sort of like, as the basket is passed around this weekend at Mass, different sounds would go off as people placed money into it. In this scene, then, Jesus is with his disciples, and remember, it's almost Passover. So many people are approaching the treasury to put in their contributions. During this, he watches a widow place two very small, and therefore not very noisy, coins into the receptacle. But what had Jesus just talked about prior to watching this widow do this? He said, Beware of the scribes. They devour the houses of widows and, as a pretext, recite lengthy prayers. 
This scene then is almost like something from a movie. Jesus is denouncing the scribes for the way in which they devour the houses of widows. And then, as John Madden would say, boom, a widow walks up and demonstrates exactly how that is happening by placing her small offering into the temple treasury. All of this begins to make even more sense when we consider that immediately following this scene, Jesus starts to make his way out of the temple area and says to his disciples, Do you see these great buildings? There will not be one stone left upon another that will not be thrown down. So what's happening in all of this? Jesus talks about how the scribes devour the houses of widows. A widow walks up to throw her life savings, presumably, into supporting the scribes in the temple. And then Jesus says that the temple will be thrown down. Well, many good and stirring homilies have and will be preached about the widow who goes all in for the Lord. I would contend that in this weekend's gospel, Jesus is actually lamenting the fact that the widow gives away her two small coins. It's quite possible that his heart is actually breaking to see the poor widow give her whole livelihood into the treasury. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this 32nd Sunday in Ordinary Time in Year B. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.